Is it on? Hey. Good morning. Um, so Justin and them asked us to be the first of the kickoff. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to start having families come up, introduce ourselves, read the scripture for the morning, and pray. So um, I'm Michael. And this is Dawn. Trust. Uh, I'm a deacon here. You guys didn't know we have deacons. We do have deacons. Um, and uh, yep, so Dawn is going to... Okay, um, so our scripture today is Acts 1, um, verses 1 through 3. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Well, God, thank you so much for your grace. God, just for your grace that, that you would suffer for us. God, that the least of us that, I mean, we're nothing, Lord, but you would suffer for us. And then even beyond that, you would give us proofs. Past the point that you came to earth, God, that you would give us proofs that you are there and that you were real and that you did this, God. And we ask, Lord, that you give us grace this morning as we remember your scripture, as we remember what you've done for us, God. Thank you, Lord, for um, this beautiful time of worship that we've had. God, thank you for Justin and the word you're going to bring. God, I pray that you would bless us here and that your word would speak loud and clear this morning. God, thank you so much for what you're going to do and what you've already done in our hearts. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. So yeah, Michael and Don got us kicked off, so uh, be ready to be called and say, hey, your Sunday's coming up. And so we're just going to, that's how we're going to meet everybody uh, and see faces and just, I'm going to start randomly asking people or Luca, ask people, hey, we need you to read scripture this coming week. Anyway, we just thought it'd be a good idea just to, you know, have us serving one another. Even I think when we read the word of God over one another, we are serving one another. Uh, there's power in the word. Uh, and so, and I, I'm a firm believer, you can't have too much word in the worship service. And so sometimes somebody else reading it, you'll get the God to speak to you. Uh, and we can't have too much prayer. So we just made those moments happen. And so anyway, I'm excited this morning. We are kicking off our study through the book of Acts and heard the first some chapters in Acts. I'm not going to tell you how many because we don't really know right now. We're planning uh, to get to chapter eight. And I will go ahead and tell you, so I'm at the end of the sermon, I'm going to ask us to, com us to commit together to the studying of God's Word, uh, because as Luke and I met this week and began to look through, plan out sermons and things like that, you know, taking off for, for Thanksgiving, and I'm about to give myself away as I keep saying this, Thanksgiving, Christmas, at the beginning of the year, we want to have like a membership type series, taking off a few weeks for Easter, uh, uh, pretty much all the way towards the end of May. Uh, as well. So for the, from now until the end of May, we're going to be in the, just the first eight chapters of the book of Acts. And so it's going to take us committing to one another, uh, committing to God's word that we're going we're gonna to say to it. And I believe that God's going to bless us through it. And I think that we believe that, uh, that every word of the Bible is true. So therefore, our time needs to be spent saying what the Bible says. And so that's what we're going to do from here on out. Anyway, so Acts chapter 1, uh, Don just read it. And so last week we ended 
our sent series in Matthew chapter 10, where uh, we had just spent, you know, four weeks looking at the ministries of Jesus, his preaching and uh, his healing uh, ministry that he did throughout Galilee. <laughs> and then we uh, f- flip to chapter 10 and we see him sending them out, uh, uh, giving them the, the authority. And what we talked about last week was to really do what he had already been doing. You fast forward, and that's when we get to the book of Acts, we see that happening, that transpiring. Have you ever had the thought, like, uh, maybe you're riding in a car or you're using some type of tool, and you think, man, who thought of this? Like, how did this get here? And you're thankful for people who are just smarter than than me. Obviously, I'm really thankful for people that are smarter than me who came up with things and, uh, or, you know, who thought about electricity and the power pole and like anything, uh, you know, anything like that. And just, oh man, how crazy is it that somebody thought of it? And it's right here, the, I mean, a cell phone. We have the whole world in our, the palm of our hand through the internet kind of a deal, right? Uh, but I'm asking a more specific question. Have you ever thought or wondered how the gospel made it to you? Have you ever thought like how blessed we are to live in South Mississippi that for the most of us, even if you didn't grow up in church, that you heard the gospel, that you, you were able to sit under the teaching and the preaching of the good news that Jesus Christ came, he lived, he died, he was buried and he rose again, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit's here now, and then one day Jesus is coming back to get his church. Do you understand how blessed you are, and how I am, uh, of being able to receive it? Well, how in the world did the gospel make it to us? Insert the book of Acts. That through the, through the apostles began a movement that, that started here in Jerusalem, and then it went through the Roman Empire and to the Mediterranean area, then eventually it made it to us. And so we need the book of Acts because it's the earliest recording of church history. Uh, we, we understand the Gospels is the life and death and burial resurrection of Jesus. You get to the book of Acts, and it's really our first church history, if you will. We see those first three decades when Christianity and the church begins to be uh, born and to thrive. And so <clears throat> what we will see through the book of Acts is <clears throat> God's continual, <clears throat> sorry, God's continual work and uh, redemption of man. So this morning, I'm not going to dive in too much. We're just going to look ultimately at an introduction. We're going to look at the uh, introductory of, of the book of Acts. So some things are, are known, some things are not, <clears throat> but we will uh, jump into this. And so, first of all, who's the author of the book of Acts? Uh, a doctor name of Luke is the doctor of, not Luke Johnson, uh, but Luke. Uh, we, we read uh, his gospel, the, the gospel of Luke. We have the book of Acts, and, and many people believe that it was actually uh, the gospel of Luke and the, the book of Acts is actually one work. Uh, there's just two parts of one work. And so at one point, uh, and you can see it by the way he starts each letter. When you get into Luke chapter 1, he talks to Theophilus, or he's writing through Theophilus, and then in chapter, or when we get to the book of Acts chapter 1, you see that same person that he's writing to. And so we talk about the book 
<clears throat> of Acts, the author is Luke. And, and why do we know it's Luke? One church history kind of always points. Uh, those who were closest to this time, they said that Luke was the author. So church history. Also, uh, chapter one, that's what I talk about. The same way he started the gospel of Luke that we know he wrote is the same way that the book of Acts starts uh, to Theophilus. And then the other one is uh, the series of we statements that we see throughout the book of Acts. And so in Acts chapter 16, 20, 21, uh, 27, 28, uh, you see the writer of Acts saying we as in he and Paul in the missionary journeys. And by process of, of or, or, you know, it's obviously not this person, obviously not that person that comes down. It was Luke because we know Luke was on the missionary journeys with Paul. And so over and over again, when we see the word we, it kind of process of elimination, it goes back to Luke. Anyway, so we know Luke, <clears throat> wrote it. The recipient was Theophilus. We don't know a lot about Theophilus other than he was buddies with Luke, and he obviously was an honorable guy. Uh, he received this work, this letter, if you will, from his buddy Luke. Uh, and so the date, uh, we, we believe, uh, that is uh, during Paul's uh, imprisonment in Rome, so somewhere 60, 62, 64 A.D., somewhere in there, uh, is whenever it was written. And so if you, if you, as we read through the book of, uh, of Acts, we'll see some cool things. But if we get to the end of it, you will see how abruptly it ends. Like it just all of a sudden, bam, it's done. And right, so there are many reasons <clears throat> people believe it's like that. Some of it's like a, you know, to leave you hanging on the edge of your seat kind of a deal. For some people think that, that Luke knew, knew his good buddy Paul was about to die in prison, so he sat down real quick and tried to write down firsthand of the history of the church's growth uh, so that we would know what happened through these 30 uh, years, these three decades, if you will. So that's kind of the general information. There's your author, your recipient, your date. Anybody bored yet? I'm telling you, we're committing to God's word, so we're going to do it. And so what's the purpose? What's the purpose of, of the book of Acts? What's, why, why did Luke write this letter to his buddy Theophilus? I think there's many reasons, definitely if you're looking at all the chapters uh, of the book of Acts, I think there's many purposes that we can glean from. And I've worked my, my, my tail off all week just trying to narrowed them down to what I think all the, per the things that we can pull from it. And so uh, I think the first one that we have to obviously pull from Scripture. So if you turn in your Bible back to the Gospel of Luke, uh, if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. It's going to come up on the screen. <clears throat> but when he, writes the, when he writes the Gospel of Luke, he writes it to his buddy Theophilus, and this is what he says in verses 1 through 4. And this is important for me and you, and this is why I think that we need the Word of God each and every day. Uh, because in this purpose that Luke gives us, it teaches us something. So Luke 1, 1 through 4, it says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, Paul, that means the, the life of Jesus, the, the, the ministry of Jesus, the works of Jesus, versus says, just as those, those who uh, from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all these things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. And here's the reason, verse 4, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. In Luke's heart, he was writing a letter to his buddy, Theophilus, and the reason why is that he wanted Theophilus to have certainty about the things that he had been taught. 
Like he wanted him to have a confidence in this message about Jesus and what Jesus had been doing. He, that, that whenever supernaturally, the, the, the Holy Spirit led Luke to write this letter, that whenever someone would read these truths about Jesus and read these, the realities about Jesus, that deep down within, they would grow certain about the things that they've been taught. You follow me? I, I think this is something that we can learn from here, that Luke literally believed upon reading this letter, Theophilus would go, yes, it's true. I'm certain about it. So what's the purpose of the book of Acts? I think we say it's the same because it's one work. I think that whenever you and I as a church begin to read through the book of Acts, that I'm praying that certainty, even more certainty, raises up within us, go, yes, this is true. Yes, Jesus is risen, the Spirit has descended, and yes, he has called us to go and be about his ministry here on this earth. Yes, we are certain about those things. So what's the purpose of this work of Luke and Acts? I believe it's for certainty. Number two, this is where we see, where we learn about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Hey, church, we got to know that. Like, those are things that we have to know and we need to know. Why? Because we are dependent upon him for any and everything. Uh, We live as if that may not be true, but the reality is is that we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So we need, uh, the book of Acts isn't necessarily huge. Now, you get theology and doctrine out of Acts, but that's not its main purpose. You read the epistles of Paul, epistle of Paul, to see those things. We know we gain doctrine and theology as we'll walk through this book, but what it teaches us is that, hey, the Gospels were for some 33 years, we see Jesus, uh, we see him live, we see him die, we see him be buried, raised again, and then he's ascended. What happens next? The Holy Spirit comes. And so think about the Gospels teaching us how Jesus came, and we have four books that we understand the life of Jesus, what the book of Acts is teaching us when the Spirit came. So the Gospels is Jesus came, the book of Acts is the Spirit came, and when the Spirit came, things were never the same, because because the Spirit came, now you and I hear some 2,000 years later talking about him. So he came, and so when we look through the book of Acts, think about it as in just as we look at the Gospels, Jesus came, the book of Acts, the Spirit came. And so that's how one framework that we can look at it. The third purpose I think that we can glean from this definitely eight, first eight chapters is that we see the building of the church. Not church building, but the building of God's church. Uh, actually, what is number three? Yeah, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Number three is show the spread of Christianity throughout the Roman world. Remember, we're... we're 2,000 years removed, this thing started in just this little bitty spot in the Middle East, and now it's, it's growing. And so there's a chronological we see from how it started with just these 12 guys and a few others who are following with them. And then it spread through the Jewish, uh, Jewish world into the Gentile world and, and even further outside of Rome. And so we can trace how the church got started and how it spread because this is like a big deal. Right, like we can see in church history how it began. Number four is, I don't have it right on here, the building and structuring. It's real funny. Uh, so ProPresenter is what we use here. It doesn't do like autocorrect stuff, uh, like if you're just on your regular computer on Word and it does. And so when I type this one out in my notes, 
Uh, it actually said the building and the strutting of the church. Uh, uh, luckily, we caught that. And uh, speaking of uh, small group leaders, you can go ahead and go on the website. Uh, this outline is already on there in questions for small groups. And that's how we noticed it. We were going through the, those. They were already about to be posted and went, wait, we were not strutting the church. Uh, look at this church, y'all. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, the, the building and the structuring of the church. And so I think that's important for us as a body of Christ to look at. What does the church look like? How do they structure a church? Michael said, I'm a deacon. We don't even, y'all may not even know we have deacons. Like that's important for the church to know who our deacons are and what our deacons serving for and, and what are the pastors called to do? What are the members called to do? Like it's important for us at the spot we are in our church because we're talking about this is the direction we're headed. Well, let's go to the Bible and actually see how the church is, is built and how it's structured and how it's put together. So it's not Justin's ideas that he read from a book, that it's actually the Word of God that's teaching us this is what Crosspoint Church is supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to sound like, it's supposed to look like, it's how it's supposed to operate, how it's supposed to serve itself and serve one another and serve its community. This is God's design for the church. And so we see, I think number four, I'm all kind of messed up, but God's continued work of redemption after the ascension of Christ. Right, if, you, if, you, if you've read the Gospels at all, uh, if you're not familiar with church, and I keep saying the Gospels, what I mean by that is there are four books at the beginning of this New Testament. It's the life of Jesus, and he called together to himself 12 guys. And so uh, they were all gung-ho when they were with Jesus because they understood that Jesus was the Son of God. Well, they kind of understood. They missed it a lot. They didn't quite get but thankfully, he was patient with them, right? But one of the things that they couldn't get over was he's leaving us, How's this thing going to keep going? How can God still save people without Jesus here? And Jesus would say stuff like, hey, man, it's for, he didn't say, hey, man, because he's Jesus. But he said, hey, it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage that I go so that I can send the helper. And he actually said, I'll read this in a little bit, that you'll do greater works than even me. He's like, how are these things going? How can God still redeem man if the son of God isn't here? The answer is the Spirit of God and the children of God bringing about. And so we read the book of Acts and see God continually redeeming man. Like his plan, this is the next phase of his redemptive plan. Now he's sending out his church, which number five is the essential task. Or number six is the essential task of the church. What is, what is the church called to do? And we'll see that in eight chapters over the next 30-something weeks. Uh, so let's read this verse one and I'm actually going to try to, I know I say this a lot, but I'll show you. That's all the notes I have left. All right. So let's see how, how far we can make it on that. <clears throat> Acts chapter one. I just want to look at one thing, one, really one word or one uh, group of words that really, I think in a nutshell set up what the book of Acts is about. Okay, everybody follow me. So chapter one, verse one says, in the first book of Theophilus, and here, watch this, I have dealt with all that Jesus, what's this word, began to do and teach. So that's the very first verse of this book where Luke writes to Theophilus and said, hey, the gospel that I wrote, the, this first part, it was about all the things that Jesus had began to do. As in there was a work that Jesus started that had not been completed yet. Everybody follow me? 
Like that's important for us to catch for the book of Acts because he is writing, hey, I've already wrote about what he began to do. And now I'm going to, we're continuing on from there. So there was a work that Jesus began to do. And we talked about this in the last series, right? What, did, what was the work that Jesus began to do? He came and he preached repentance and preached the kingdom. And he, he taught about the character of God and, and things like that. He, he, he healed, uh, healed the lame and, and every disease. We literally just spent five weeks knowing the, the things that Jesus had done. And Luke says he had just started them. So we think about Christ, and I think this is a way for us to kind of end this morning, but also looking ahead is that there is a finished work of Christ, and there's an unfinished work of Christ. That's kind of the, the lens that I want us to look through as we look to the book of Acts is that when we look to the life of Jesus, when we turn the book of John and get to the book of Acts, there is something that is signed, sealed, delivered, done. There is a finished thing. From that point forward is the unfinished work continuing to go. That's what you can look at. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's done. Hey, it's finished. What is finished? Redemption is finished. Jesus has come and he has paid the price. Jesus has come and he has completely satisfied the wrath of God. He has defeated death, hell, Hades, sin, Satan, whatever. He is won. He is victorious and he was buried and he raised, he raised and now he ascended and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. When we get to the end of the Gospels, salvation is done. It's finished. No longer is there, how do we get to God? You get to God through Jesus and Jesus alone. No longer is, have I sinned too much for, for God to forgive me? No, Jesus died while, while, while we were still sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. It is finished. It is done. Matter of fact, Hebrews says it like this. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 says, But when Christ appeared, as is in his coming, when Christ came, he appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come. But then through the greater and more perfect tent, this begins by not made with hands, that is not of this creation. As in, he goes into the holy of holies in heaven. He entered once for all into holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and cows, but by, no, by, but by the means of his blood. Check out the last one, securing an eternal redemption. Hey, I want you to know this, child of God. Before we get to the book of Acts, where we look at the Acts of the Apostles, is what is famously called, and that's church history stuff there. Uh, it literally if it could, could be called the continual acts of God in redeeming man is the one way that we could put it. It's just through the apostles. But, but what I, before we get to Acts... Before we get to what does the church do and what, what is the duties of the church? What's the structure of the church and who are deacons? Why do they exist? And how, how did God, what, what was the purpose in this? And what's the means? Hey, uh, what we have to settle on first is that, hey, there is a finished work of Christ. Nothing we do as a church is trying to improve that or maintain that or attain that. It's done. Nothing in the book of Acts was them trying to work to fulfill something that Christ didn't fulfill or to complete something that, that ultimately that, that he couldn't. Listen, there's a finished work, and me and you today, we sit under the promise of that finished work. So no matter how you being a member at Crosspoint or connecting to Crosspoint is not so that, it's because of. 
It's because Christ is finished. He has purchased redemption. It's done. Signed till delivered is done. So we understand that the gospel's in and there's a finished work. But when Acts starts, there's an unfinished work as well. And what is that unfinished work? Ultimately, I'll use Matthew chapter 16 to answer that question. The answer to that question is building his church. You can look at it like this. In the Gospels, he purchased his church. In the book of Acts, he built her. In the Gospels, he purchased her. In the book of Acts, he builds her. And he's continuing to build her, even to this day. But in Mark chapter 16, very familiar passage, verses 13 through 20. It says, now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say, who say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say uh, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said to them, who do you say say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, uh, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, check this out, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Jesus says, I will, and emphatic, I will build my church. Not I may, not that I would like to, I will build my churches in a future tense that there will be a work that happens that he will continue to build. As a matter of fact, he did, obviously Peter wasn't the foundation, but he used Peter to continue this work. That's what you see when you get to the book of Acts. The first dude standing up, taking a charge, is a guy named Peter. The rock, does his name meant rock, but the Peter, the one who was standing up preaching the gospel. So what is the unfinished work? It's to build God's church. To continue the spread of the gospel so that people can hear the good news. But that's not it. Because what you see in Acts, yes, the gospel was being preached to those who hadn't heard, but also the gospel was being preached within those who already knew Jesus and they were serving one another and loving one another and honoring God and their assemblies together. So we build his church both, or he builds his church through us both deep and wide. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. We read this. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. What a mind-blowing statement that Jesus says to his disciples. You will do the same works. Matter of fact, there'll be greater works. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, this will I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And you ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. What we'll see in the book of Acts is the disciples or apostles literally began doing the work that he had started. So that's the framework of this book is that I've wrote to you the things that Jesus began to do. And what we will see next week, we'll actually go back to the Gospel of Luke and see some of the conversation 
that he had with his disciples before his ascension. Luke just kind of gives us a rough draft. You know, it kind of Luke, the end of chapter, the end of the gospel, Luke kind of fills in some blank spaces for us of this, this time. What does it say? The, the 40 days here. And we know that at the end of Luke, he, he sees some of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And then after that, he has a conversation with them that when we get to, to the book of Acts, what Luke does is he looks back real quick. Hey, this happened. And now here's where we are now. He kind of ties the dots. And so, what we see is that they knew that they were a part to continue to do what Christ had began to do. Luke texted me this morning, he said it like this, the gospel is a finished work of Christ. The Great Commission is the unfinished work. But the faithful proclaiming of the first will accomplish the second. That we preach the gospel, the unfinished work. The gospel is the finished work. The Great Commission to go is the unfinished and so what I want to do this morning in this super emotional moment that we had, this tearjerker of a, of a sermon, we're going to start drawing you to the altar. Now, what I want to do, literally, what I want to do is I want us to take a moment and commit ourselves to God's Word together. Because it's going to take, it's going to take obviously, hard work and dedication on mine and Luke's side and anybody else who teaches along with us, but it's going to take dedication on your part, too. But I believe for us as a church, for us to be a healthy church, we have to be, have to be in the Word and like deep, deeply within the Word. And I was asking God to speak to us on a weekend, a week-out basis, which is why if you're not a part of a small group, one of the things that we're doing is we're moving all of our small groups to a sermon-based uh, small group. And so this morning, whenever I typed out my final notes and I put stuff into the pro presenter, I also created a document immediately that, it, like I said, it's already up on the website now for a small group leader. And so what we want to do is we, we started thinking about, you know, as a church, where are our outlets, our spiritual outlets, our Bible intake outlets? And for most of us, let's be honest, for the most of us, it's like, I get Sunday morning, I listen to Caleb on the way to work. I listen to part of a podcast because somebody said I should start listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, or so that's the hot one right now. Let's go listen to it, and I'll get snippets of that, and and then I'll I'll look at Pinterest and see some cool Bible verses, and then uh, I'll listen to this person, and just kind of all over the place, right? Just kind of a a spiritual intake of. Just a little bit of substance, hardly any substance, but it's like a machine gun coming at you. Let's be honest, that's where most of us are, if that. So how can we as a church say, all right, let's all dive into the same thing and making sure that in that midway point during the week, we're still chewing on that same thing, where we're getting into it. And that's the design for small groups, what we're wanting to do. And so, hey, if you're not a part of a small group, I would, I would love to try to connect you to one. Uh, we do have a list out in the front, um, but if you have any you know, specific questions, I want to connect you to that. We've got, uh, what, eight groups, Luke? Eight, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so there's some there's a small group for everybody. If not, then we can start you a new one, and you can be the leader. I'm just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> but don't test me. I will do that. Uh, I'm crazy like that. <clears throat> but I, I, I want us as a church uh, to just kind of enter, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm just trying to make it to 11, like I said, so I can make my paycheck. Uh, so I'm just gonna, anyway, I'm just kidding. Let's, uh, let's just kind of bow before the Lord and ask Him that through this time, through this season, that He will speak to us, 
that we will read his word uh, individually, corporately, that we will take serious the word of God, uh, and that we will commit ourselves unto the learning, listening, diving in, that he would teach us what it means to be a follower, to be a church, and that we'll honor him with our lives. So let's all bow before the Lord together.